My uh, lesson this evening, the title of it is How God Speaks to Man Today. And that uh, could be a doozy, the chain of authority. And uh, this particular topic has always been a real brush pile in my mind, probably because I just haven't spent or hadn't been guided in a good study of it. I understand it more now than before, but it's about like trying to understand, to me, eternity. How do you get your mind wrapped around eternity? How do you get your mind wrapped around uh, the Godhead? Uh, so anyway, I'm going to do my best to bring this information to you. Uh, this information was prepared by a brother, Cecil Wright, uh, who uh, went to Harding Graduate School, and he was a professor at, of Bible at Fried Hardman years past. So uh, I would have a lot of confidence in the, in the gentleman. In talking about the Trinity, so to speak, which is it's uh, referred to many times, uh, and the confusion that it has often left in my mind, it, Tammy got a birthday card from my sister Sharon, her and her husband Bruce, you remember Bruce, the one that fell, uh, the fellow that preached here a couple of Sunday nights ago. Uh, he sent me this, or sent her, Sharon sent her this card and said, uh, had a picture of a couple of uh, well-to-do older ladies uh, going down a sidewalk with packages in their hands and this and that. And, and the one says to the other, uh, to stay young, the doctor said that we need to exercise and eat the right foods. And her uh, friend said, What? I thought he said that we should accessorize and keep nice shoes. <laughs> so sometimes misunderstandings and maybe just plain ignorance and uneduc uneducation can cause us to think different things than what, what we really should. Anyway, okay. He's kind of put this in a narrative as uh, it's about 90% scriptures. And I thought that was very good uh, because there's no other way to explain the Godhead and uh, chain of command than by using the Bible. That's all we have, have to go by and different examples of those things. And so it starts out here that uh, the fact that God does speak to man today. God does speak to man today. And just about anyone who believes in God or believes in a God of some form or another uh, believes that. There's just a whole lot of different concepts depending on what I call a God that I believe in. Uh, so anyway, so he's kind, of, uh, he's kind of brought to our remembrance here that until about a hundred and some years ago, whenever modernism and liberalism started coming to the forefront, uh, and I kind of uh, kind of imagined back, me and Tim like uh, old America, we like log cabins, we like 1800s. Uh, we've done some, we've watched a few movies of this uh, gentleman from some denomination who has a lot of good things about the pilgrims why they left where they left, why they wanted to come over here. And uh, so I kind of look back at that time and probably a small 
short of a small distance of time after the pilgrims came over and they started seeing all the plenty and man started getting lots of blessings and uh, all the wealth, whether it be food or nicer homes or nicer clothes out from the tyranny of the the king that they were under where they were at. Uh, and it's just proven in, in history when man gets richer and richer, he gets... Uh, he feels like he needs God less and less. And we can see that today, probably just in the lives, that, in the time of span that we've lived our lives, we've seen a big change. But anyway, so since modernism and uh, liberalism has come into play, uh, there's been a lot of different concepts in how God speaks to us, to us today. Um about anyone that claims to be a Christian in the world uh, believes that that believes the Bible and they believe that the Bible is from God to a certain extent. Except for conservatives, and I'm got my hand in the air. That's me. I believe the Bible, everything about it, uh, and there's there's lots of evidences. Uh, that I can see that would cause me to believe the Bible and all that it has to say. So uh, the Bible is inspired of God, uh, and this is accepted by the writer of this lesson. And the writer or writers of this lesson, if I understand it correctly, uh, is Paul and Peter. Uh, the writers, that the men that wrote the epistles in the New Testament, it's those that men that wrote the Bible is who he is calling the writer in this essay here. So all this stuff, this lesson that follows will be what uh, the way he says, the way the writer believes. And uh, like I said, it's about 90% scripture. So I think we can put a lot of good stock in, uh, in what is here. If I can just, uh, get it to you in a uh, chronological fashion where it makes sense. Okay. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. It's a scripture that I've heard all my life, and I know you have too. There's a lot of scriptures. You probably get tired of turning to them, but all that you can, it'd just be, uh, just be that much better. The more times you see things, the more chance you got of remembering it. And if you see it and hear it, it's, it's even better than that. And if we call on somebody to read, they might have a better chance of remembering it because they have read it, seen it, and heard it. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. And I'm, I'm reading from the International English Bible, uh, which uh, I have not found anything, even the least bit, off in it. I've had the, some of the elders look at it. I had two or three previous preachers look at it. It was developed by uh, over about 70 years of Bible society studies and da 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 da. But it's in, it's just in English that that is very easily understood. And if anybody hears me read anything that is the least bit, I'm not sure about that. Raise your hand and don't hesitate. Please do, and uh, we'll just read it from King James or whatever you feel comfortable with. Okay, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Long ago, God used the prophets 
to speak to our ancestors many times and in many ways. But during these last times, God used His Son to speak to us. God appointed Him to inherit everything. Through Him, God also made the universe. So, God spoke to men. God spoke to uh, Adam in Genesis. Not face to face, but spoke to him, and Adam heard it, and it wasn't through anyone else. We call that the patriarchal age. That's when the fathers did the ruling and uh, the first of the time dispensations. Uh, here's King James. God, who at sundry times and divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. So God speak to, spoke to people by his Son. Uh, the Holy Scriptures, this is 2 Timothy 3, verse 15. The Holy Scriptures are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Religion is to gain salvation. I've always thought that since I was a kid. Religion, studying the Bible, is to gain salvation, uh, eternal life. Please God. All these come hand in hand. If we don't please God, we won't have eternal life. We won't, uh, we won't reap the, the harvest of uh, all the blessings of God. So, if we read the Scriptures, they are able to make us wise and lead us to salvation as long as we have faith in Christ, uh, we'll reach that goal. Also, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. This is 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I'm going to read that out of this uh, international English. And uh, our... Minister Matt, who has just left, we've been following along in his lessons the past month, month and a half with this Bible, and everything that he explains in the Greek is how it is worded in this Bible. So that really makes me feel really a lot more comfortable and very understandable. I mean, the things that, uh, uh, the words that it uses. Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen. Every scripture is inspired of God and useful for teaching, for proving sinners wrong, for correcting errors, and for training people to be right with God. Then the man of God will be proficient and prepared for every good work. So it the Bible is inspired of God. What's inspired mean? That's an easy one. What's inspired me? What? I heard somebody say it. God breathed right from God's mouth. Inspiration means that's what God said. That's what God said. Okay, in the scriptures it's portrayed, uh, it portrays God as the supreme being, supreme overall, uh, as creator, as a sustainer, as ruler, and savior. 
he's also represented as one, but existing in three different persons. Now, that's like eternity to me. That's like just hard to wrap around if you sit and try to think about it. But uh, that's what the Godhead is. It's, it's God in three different parts. There's God the Father, there's the Son, uh, and the Holy Spirit. And that's, that's what it's brought to us in the New Testament as. These three are one in nature. I thought this was very eye-opening to me. I mean, I'm just pretty much a redneck and not really educated, but they're one in nature. Uh, they're spirit. All of them are spirit being uh, and have the same purpose. They're one in nature and one in purpose. Their purpose is all the same. Praising God, obeying God, live like He wants us to, and we'll be rewarded in heaven when time is over. So, and, and they assist that us in that every way they possibly can because they love us. Uh, God created us because He wanted us, and He wants every one of us who wants to be in heaven to be there. And there isn't anyone on this earth that doesn't have every chance that could ever be offered to make it into heaven if we want to. So they're one in nature and one in purpose. But they are not one in personality. I'd never thought of that. The Godhead is not one in personality. They're three different personalities. Among other things, by the fact that the Son prayed to the Father that the believers that believers in Him might be one in Him as Jesus and God are one. And, and He prayed to God. They consulted. I mean, they, they conversed back and forth one way or another. He prayed to God that His believers that believe Him might be one just as Him and God are one. And that's John 17, 20 and verse 21. Okay, within the Godhead... Uh, the uh, scriptures do tell us about what I, what I just said, uh, conversation back and forth, consulting back and forth. Uh, Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 tells us that uh, God uh, let us make man in our image. So God wasn't talking to, he was talking to someone. And the only someone that he could have been talking to was one that was, Eternity was eternal just as He is eternal and has been eternal and always will be eternal. Christ is the Word. The Word was there with Him. Uh, and that scripture, we'll bring that scripture out later. But, but uh, yeah, they, they talk back and forth. Uh, they have harmony of thought and action. They work together. Uh, but the functions that they perform are all different. I'd never thought of any of these things, and it just makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? I mean, the Bible points all these things out. Their function is different. Their purpose is the same. Uh, they're the same nature, but the things they do, the actions they uh, perform are, are different. So they all have their own thing that they do. Uh, God is depicted as... The uh, coordinator, 
so to speak. The Son is subordinate to him because we have uh, verses where Jesus prayed to God, asking him of things, even though Philippians 2, 5 through 8 tells us that uh, Christ was on an equal plane with God. They were equal. And I think that's the scripture that said, but he thought it not robbery to be, you know, he didn't, he didn't have any problem with taking on a fleshly form and coming down to earth and knowing he's going to suffer and die, but he knew why he was going to do it, because his love for, the, for humankind. So they, uh, they do converse. Uh, Christ is subordinate. It appears to be a subordinate to God. And, uh, but the, toll, the fullness of the Godhead is in Christ, Colossians 2.9. Like, likewise, the Holy Spirit seems to be an active and willing agent between God and Jesus, kind of serving as a mediator between the two, a go-between. Christ has asked for his service. So there again, they're conversing back and forth, the Godhead is. Uh, that's John 14, 16 through 17. Uh, while the Son is in the world, having been made flesh and dwelling among men. That's John 1, 14. The Holy Spirit is also or was employed uh, as a go-between or a liaison or a mediator between him and his disciples, his apostles, and prophets after Christ ascended back into heaven. The Holy Spirit was the, was the uh, postman. He delivered the post, the information uh, that Christ wanted them to know uh, that he hadn't already given them. Christ, while he was on earth, preached and taught and taught taught the apostles everything that they needed to know. But the Holy Spirit, after Christ went back to heaven, uh, returned back to heaven after his uh, resurrection, served as a liaison between him and uh, his followers here on this earth. All these things so far we've covered uh, add up to the ultimate authority residing in God, the Father, with the consent of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Because they are all three one. They all have the same purpose. Not the same function, but they all have the same nature. So the totality of authority lives in God. And Christ and the Holy Spirit are part of God, Michelle. But they're not equal, am I correct? Um, let's see. 
Let's look at Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Okay. I'm going to read this out of this International Bible, and if we need to read it out of the King James afterwards, that is just fine. Let's do that. Or you can follow along. And I know you've, you've heard these scriptures before, but let's look at them. Have the same attitude among you that Christ Jesus had. Through Though Christ was divine by nature, he did not think that being equal with deity was something to hold on to. Instead, he emptied himself, taking up the very nature of a slave. He became like human beings, appearing in human form, and humbled himself. He obeyed, though it meant dying, even dying on a cross. So, uh, that's... Oh, I understand. Sure. Right beside you. Yeah. When it comes to the Trinity, I'm kind of like, okay, well, you know, I mean, I know what it is and I can explain it, but it is a difficult concept like eternity. And I always thought in the Trinity it was like God first, He's the Mm -hmm. Father. Like in a family situation, you are the dad. Mm Mm-hmm. Sure. And then I don't know what to do with the Holy Spirit. Sure. I understand. So, I mean, I always kind of thought like, like a triangle. God is here. At the and top. Here, so like, right. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Uh, whenever, whenever God gave Christ all authority right. at one time, he, he was it and will be until the Christian dispensation is over if I understand it correctly, and the day of judgment comes. And then it all goes back. God, uh, Christ will turn the church back over to God, all authority, everything will go back to God. But since Christ has been here, all authority has been given to Christ. And maybe that's... That, that helped... Oh, I understand. Hey, that's this a class. It's to learn. That's okay. It doesn't hurt to question. I guarantee you, I don't know all the answers by no means. Uh, this is just stuff that I've learned, and I hope I learned it correctly. But I'm, I'm going to jump up here ahead and probably really get lost. But I want to. I want to get back to that. Uh, I probably shouldn't. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. The verse that says that uh, uh, Christ had it all turned over to him. And if I don't bring it out, somebody goes, yep, that's it. Bring, bring it to my table. But you had your hand up. Sure, and that's probably what I would go to, too, because I know about daddies, mommies, and kids, and the hierarchy. Uh, but, uh, yes, that's, uh, that's a good thought. 
It sure is. I think you're, I think you're right on there. Uh, yes, Bob. Well, I'd, I'd say it's just more, it's just more information to help us know that uh, Christ sure is way up there, uh, farther than anybody we've ever known. Uh, Christ, God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit are just there. It. Uh, we're going to get back to, to lesson here, and when, when we get over there, I will we'll look at that scripture that I was bringing out just a little bit ago here. Okay. All this adds up to ultimate authority residing in the Father with the consent of the Son and the Holy Spirit. It also means in the final analysis that any act or utterance of any one of the Godhead is just as authoritative as the other, according to Scriptures. Anything that Christ said is it. Anything that the Holy Spirit guided uh, the apostles in is it. Anything that God said to Moses or, or Adam or, is it. They're all three one, uh, but yet they have different functions. And they're all on the same team, so to speak. So, and if anybody that's way more educated than me can clear that water, just please raise your hand. Okay. Okay. It also means in the final analysis that any act or utterance of any one of these is as authoritative as the other, representing the authority of the entire Godhead. Okay. The Father has given all authority to the Son during the duration of the Christian dispensation. Uh, Matthew 28, 18. Would someone look that up? Matthew 28, 18. That's the scripture I was looking for there. Okay, Rob, read that. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. At that point, and that was... That was... Uh, that was between his resurrection and his ascension when he said that. So at that point, uh, all authority, that may be where we're kind of seeing things different. I don't know that we're seeing things different. I think that we're seeing the 
Now, we may not. We may not. But at that point, all authority was in Christ. From that point until current and until the world comes to an end. Uh, all authority has been given to Christ. Okay. And now, he's King of kings and Lord of lords. First Timothy 6, verse 15. Uh, and only the Father is the... the God is the only one that is not subject to... To Christ. God's not subject to Christ. But Christ has all authority over everything and everybody, every being, every, everything at this point. Because God gave him that authority. Uh, yes? Because he chose to be human form. Once he carried out the task, once he went to the cross, God could stand. At that point, now he's exalted, and now he's equal to God, I think. That would be my interpretation. Okay. Did I see a hand flash up or something over here? Nope. Okay. I thought I seen something over there. Okay. God has chosen to give all authority to Christ. He chose to do that, and he has done it, and Christ is taking it. And he will have it, according to the scripture, until his second coming. Matthew. Correct. But he humbled himself 
Just as Rick said. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. so when we're, we're thinking about this, it's just the same hierarchical structure, I guess, if you want to put it in a system, as, as the whole king and second in command thing. And the king is, in this case, is God. Uh, just like we see Joseph had second in command under Pharaoh, uh, that would be Jesus. And uh, Jesus is, is there, he's, he's got the authority. His mission is fulfilled on this yes. section. And, and the authority is all returned back to the Father because there is no need for anything else. To me, it is just sounding more and more congealed all the time, more and more information. And to me, it does. But, uh, okay, I'm supposed to be a teacher. <laughs> I'm a study leader here. Let's let's all let's all learn. So, well, thank you all. Yeah. He'll go back to heaven and he'll deliver the church up to the Father. Uh, that'll be up to the Godhead. I. I, I don't know. I haven't got there yet. Correct. something we need to remember is they they were actually just one they were one that they're all one right so they don't have to talk to each other in heaven or i mean although they did they consulted right right yeah well i tell you we're, we're probably we're probably going to get into a big old vicious circle there we so go. Yeah. Really, and what I think really doesn't so, amount to hill beans. Right. So these scriptures is what we're going to put stock in, not right. what I think. So, but, but, boy, I mean, the more we study, the more we're going to be able to understand, because as God tells us that, yeah. spend time and, and study. Okay. Here we go. Let's get back to this. Thank you all very much. Thank you, Michelle. Appreciate that. Okay. Um, uh, But when he shall have accomplished 
that's, uh, we've already, it's already been brought out. Thank you all very much for that. Uh, but when he shall have accomplished the purpose of his reign, he'll deliver up the kingdom to God, this 1 Corinthians uh, 15, 24 through 28, to God, even the Father, and become subject to him. Uh, and then God will be all in all. 1 Corinthians 15, 24 through 28. But today, Christ still reigns. He's the author. He's the beginning. And he's the finisher. He's the goal of our faith. Christ still reigns today. He's the author and the, and the, uh, the scriptures, uh, Hebrews 10, 12, verse 2. He's the author and finisher of our faith the beginning, and the goal that we're working for. Okay. He's the sole author, and no angel, no man, no counsel, no one has any authority to add to the Scriptures, take away from it, change it in any way, uh, but how that faith, change anything in any way that faith is mediated to mankind. We, any way we gain our faith, which is through study of the Scriptures, can no way be changed by anyone. Period. It was the same whenever the apostles preached it or when Christ preached it and will be the same. And there's nothing new added to it. It's all right here. Every bit. There's no new revelation. There's uh, no new information to be updated ever this is it. It's a standard that will not ever be changed. Okay, while upon the earth, Christ chose to train certain men to be his apostles uh, to the world. And then after he returned to heaven, they were, uh, this is something that I never had thought about, they were supernaturally endowed with knowledge, remembrance, and the scripture brings that out. I just never, never caught that. Uh, Guided and instructed by the Holy Spirit, guided into remembrance of all that Christ had taught them while he was with them. John 14, 26 tells us that. And into all religious truth, John 16, verse 13. The Bible tells us, has all it's all in there. Okay, so as these men, that would mean they would be infallible witnesses of Christ because they were guided by the Holy Spirit. What they said was dead truth. They they didn't forget anything. Nobody's going to hang them on a technicality. They had it all dead right. What they said because God made sure that the Holy Spirit uh, Christ made sure of it because the Holy Spirit guided these men on what they're going to say and what they're going to remember. So uh, I thought that was uh, very educational for me. Okay. Uh, all of their messages, the apostles uh, that they were that they performed, the apostles, the messages that they brought out were backed up and gained uh, confidence through miracles. That's what the miracles were for, was to prove to those listeners that. Hey, this guy's from God. Jesus told this guy what to say. He's telling, this is for real. Uh, this isn't some man just making something up. 
So the message they were bringing was confirmed by miracles, Mark 16, 19 through 20, Hebrews 2, 3, and 4. The apostles were also empowered to, uh, to convey measures of gifts to people, prophecy, uh, healing, stuff like that. Uh, and that was all, again, to prove that they were from God and that they were very legit. Uh, I'm going to, have to take take two one of these days and try to finish this. I'm sorry about that. Uh, too much rambling. But uh, I hope it was profitable a little bit to uh, you all. It, it helped me tremendously. And uh, thank you very much. <laughs>